Hi friend, I'm Rye Myers, your Broadway and Entertainment BFF, and thank you so much for listening to Live with Rye, the podcast. After launching Live with Rye in the fall of 2020 as a digital live stream talk show on YouTube and in the height of the pandemic, and after literally almost everyone calling my digital talk show your podcast, I figured it was finally time to put these episodes in podcast form. So here you go. These episodes, which you will listen to, are from over the last two years, starting from fall 2020 through the beginning of 2022, so some of these episodes may focus on topics and events that have already occurred. Consider it your official Throwback Thursday podcast, if you will. But, my dear friend, that's not all. Stay tuned for exclusive new weekly interviews with some of the best and brightest names in the Broadway, pop culture, and entertainment business, because I am your Broadway and entertainment BFF, after all, and I have interviewed some of the biggest names in show business from Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony Award winners, so you definitely will want to stay tuned to see who I have next. I hope you get value out of this podcast, and so as they all say before every podcast episode, please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and make sure to leave a rating and review. But I ask that you please leave a kind review and rating, and listen, if you didn't like an episode, the world does not need more of your negativity, so just don't leave a review then. Anyway, enjoy the podcast, and let me know who you'd like to hear. XOXO, Ryan Myers, talk show host, producer, and your Broadway and entertainment BFF. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Live with Rye. I'm your host, Rye, and I am so thrilled you are joining me today. Today is such a special day. Not only is it my first episode back of 2021, it's also the first episode of season two. I am so excited for this new season. I have tons of special guests coming your way over the next few weeks, and I am super excited to bring them to you. And hey, if there's someone you'd like to see on the show, let me know. Drop me a line on social media or on my website. And if they're in the Broadway or pop culture or entertainment world, I'd love to hear from them. And let's get started. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and subscribe to my YouTube channel so you never miss an episode of Live with Rye. And if you're joining us on Facebook, hit that thumbs up button and give us a like or a heart so that I know you're watching and give us love. Also, be sure to follow me across social media. I'm at Rye the News Guy on Twitter and Facebook. And on Instagram, I'm at Rye Myers. You'll also see my website scrolling across the bottom of the screen as well. Head over there to rewatch all episodes of Live with Rye and to see all of my other exclusive content, including the launch of my new production company, Rye Entertainment. You'll also see my Venmo handle scrolling across the bottom of the screen as well. If you are so inclined, I would love if you would consider supporting this show, Live with Rye, and the platform RyeTheNewsGuy.com. Anything you can give would mean so much to me. On a side note, I just want to thank you all for your continued love and support of the show and everything that I'm doing. It means so much to me. And without you, I couldn't do this. So thank you. Now, help me welcome my very special guests. Today's first guest of season two, CEO and co-founder of Gold Star and Stellar Tickets, Jim McCarthy. Hey, Jim. Hey, Rye. How's it going? I'm, it's going good. How about you? I'm good. I didn't know I was the uh, opening episode of season two. I feel like we should be resolving some kind of cliffhanger. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that... <laughs> somebody was about to be swallowed up by all the zombies and then how do they get out of it or something like that? Right, right. Oh, that's right. So, so that's your, that's going to be your job. Then how do we solve that? They were eaten up by zombies and <laughs> well, they, it looked like they were being eaten by zombies, but actually they escaped into the van or I don't know the van. Let's just say there was a van there 
and I then love it. they got away. I so. love it. Well, I'm so happy that you're my first guest for season two. It's super exciting. Um, can you t tell us, let's start at the beginning. Can you tell me where the idea to create Gold Star came from? Gold Star is, uh, we started in 2002. We actually started working on it in 2001. Mm -hmm. I, I, I hesitate to ask, but how old were you in 2001, right? I was, I believe, six years old. I was in first six. grade. Okay. All right. So I knew I knew I was in for something like that, but still. Um, yeah. So in, in those days, the uh, the live entertainment world, you know, theater, music and so forth was really barely even online. You know, mm -hmm. people, this is a true story. Some of you won't believe it, but uh, so, most people still called a uh, phone number to buy tickets. <laughs> uh, what is that? What is a telephone? Right. What's a telephone? Talking to a person. And what right. night would you, what date would you like to go? Uh, October 6th. You know, you had to say the whole thing. Um, and so, you know, it was pretty obvious. Uh, I, I had been in, in the internet and my, my co-founders too had been in the internet business for a few years, knew e-commerce really well. And it was pretty obvious that there are all these shows that weren't full and all these people who wanted to go out to more shows. And we thought the internet could do a pretty good job of putting those people together. And so, over the course of a few months that included 9-11, we, we worked on the business plan and launched on Valentine's Day in 2002. Wow. And yeah. when, when you first started, was it specifically just for the New York market or did oh, no. you? No, we started in LA. It was uh, only in LA for about a year and a half, year and a half or so. Mm -hmm. um, and then gradually expanded. Actually, New York, I think we opened in 2007 in New York. So it was a few years before we got to New York. We surrounded New York, you know, like like an invading army, and then we <laughs> took over our way. Exactly. Yeah, I exactly. love that. Well, yeah. well, Stellar has done so much, and they're a big part of the uh, community. When there was live shows happening, and you know, Gold Star was uh, up there. You know, unfortunately, now we are in a pandemic, and yeah. with that, while there's been a lot of sadness, and you know, our industry is on hold for live events, you actually pivoted and you launched Stellar tickets during the pandemic. Um, yeah. Was it always planned to launch this service? And um, how how did you come up with launching Stellar Tickets? No, it was definitely not a plan, although we've been involved in, in a couple of ways in the idea of virtual events for a while. We, mm -hmm. we actually, um, Gold Star made a small investment in a company called Concert Window all the way back in 2014, which was one of the first sort of you know, websites, services that enabled people to do shows online. And it was a little bit ahead of its time. Um, and then also on TEDx Broadway, which as you know, I'm, I'm the co-organizer of TEDx Broadway. Yeah. Yeah. We have had speakers almost every year since 2012 talking about online events or remote events, even all the way back in the very first TEDx Broadway, we had um, David Sable, who was at the National Theater Live. He ran the National Theater's live program, which at that time was in movie theaters around the UK. Wow. Talk about what a great idea it was for people to be able to see your show, even if they didn't happen to be able to get like into the building. Right. So right. we've had people, we have, a so I think there was some, I was like subconsciously leaving myself a little, you know, trail of bread, breadcrumbs or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, when, when this started, um, the, the team put a lot of thought into what are the opportunities available to us. And we looked around and saw that people were beginning to do, once we got over these really sort of bad, you know, Zoom-based events where, you know, free, you know, not very good events, people started to do these really interesting things um, in like April, you know, of last year. 
-hmm. And we started to see that the time may be actually coming where people in the live entertainment industry can really take this medium very seriously and get a lot of benefits from it. It's just, to me, it's kind of like a lucky break. It's kind of like the thing that has been needed in the business for a long time. So unfortunately it took a pandemic to, to really open up that door, but here we are. Yeah. Well, it is much needed. And as you said, I mean, it, it is, it's the way of the future. And I think um, it, this, unfortunately the pandemic, I think took us to realize that we, you know, need the streaming needed to be incorporated into live entertainment of some place and look at you for, you know, creating it. I have to say, I did actually watch, I think it was the doo project that was yeah. $3 tickets. Um, yeah. I saw that show and I was very impressed with the user interface, how seller tickets worked. And it was not just your, you know, regular virtual event. I mean, it, you could, audience could interact. You had emojis you could like send up on the screen. Yeah. Um, the, it was, so it was very impressive and I loved the, the layout and how everything was formed. And it was like, you were literally watching the show. You were just at home in your pajamas. It wasn't a bad zoom recording. Yep. It wasn't a, you know, bad connection. And um, so with that, what, I had that experience, but what can audience expect when they purchase tickets through Stellar? And um, can anyone go on and choose in a specific event or does it um, have to be for a specific program? Well, you can go buy any tickets that are available on sellertickets.com. So that that's open to the, to the mm -hmm. public. Um, the, uh, from the point of view of somebody who wants to produce a live show, mm -hmm. you, you can also do it basically all on your own. I mean, Stellar is a platform that if you want to, you, it's completely DIY. You could go in there and create a million dollar show without ever talking to us. Um, on the other hand, mm -hmm. on the other hand, we can be helpful to you in a bunch of ways. So um, another, if you're thinking about producing a show, you should check out workwithstellar.com. That kind of breaks it down from that side of it a little, little more, or just, you know, find me, ask Rye to heal, connect. Yeah. We'll, we'll get you there. Yeah. Um, because I think a lot of people, you know, are trying to figure out what their take on online events is. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of opportunity as soon as you start thinking about it, like it's a, a whole new, a whole new medium. Take what you can do. Take, take your skills, take your abilities, take your organization's strengths and start from the ground up. Like what would a great online event be? Mm -hmm. You know, it's less about um, filming whatever you normally do, although you can do that too. Right. And more about thinking like what's what's something it, you just build it from the ground up to be fun as an online event. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it doesn't have to necessarily you don't need to have a multi-million dollar production to do it. You can have this creation and still yeah. do it sort of low budget, but still use Stellar as the platform for it. You definitely can. And, you know, with with the uh, technology being so good these days mm -hmm. for relatively little money, you can film something put something together that looks pretty darn good. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like if you right. think about what, if you think about how to, you know, how far you can really stretch, you know, your production dollar, you can get some pretty great looking stuff for not very much money. And if you can build an audience for that, these events can be just really profitable if you do it right. Uh, yeah. Because a worldwide, a worldwide audience, right? You're not limited. You, you know, people right. can, can buy tickets from anywhere. Uh, yeah. And I guess that's my, Next question too is: Do the does the do the shows on Stellar? They're live and recorded. Do they stick around for a bit, or do some have different expiration dates? You know, do some are some only like live events only, and you can only catch them for one night? Do some have sort of like an on demand where you can go and watch them anytime? Yeah, it's up to you. If you're producing okay. the show, it's, it's up to you to decide whether you want it to just be live, 
you want it to be available after the fact. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of uh, there's a lot of options. A lot of people do. Uh, you know, it's kind of cool to to have it be live when it's live, and then to have a window after that in case you missed it. You know, in case you missed it. It's, yeah. The, the I see what in case you missed I am I you know factor right. Yeah. You, Yes. I, I darn it, I wasn't there, but I paid for the ticket. You can't do that with live events either, right? You can't do that exactly. with in-person events. No, so, no, you can't. Yeah, and it, yeah. and I and I what I found so cool was again the reactions that I believe the, in that sense it was live. I believe that the audience could see of people sending yeah. the the applause, the hearts, the yeah, and the comments. Also, is nice too because you do sort of get a little bit of a uh, a live feeling that that people can see, and you feel like there's audience right there. Yeah, well, and the other thing is that you, if you're creating an event, you can actually produce custom emojis for the reaction. So we've had people produce their own sort of special emojis oh, just wow. for just for their show, which is very is very fun. Yeah, I love I'm, that. I'm looking, I'm looking for it. I think we should have an emoji custom emoji of the year award, like us when we do. You know what I mean? Like when we do the right. stellar annual awards, which we haven't planned to do yet, but. That's a good idea. Take a note of that, somebody. Um, <laughs> yes. One of the awards to be custom emoji of the year. I don't know. I like that. That's actually a really, that's a good idea. And <laughs> gets people to no, very creative. So surprised, right? I would, I, mean, I would have never thought of that. I mean, that's a, hey, listen, it's 2021 now. Who Anything goes. Like, listen, a custom emoji of the year. If that's, you know, that's, I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> good work. <laughs> we were talking about streaming earlier. Do you think that, it will, when theater returns in person, be on Broadway, be it regional and touring, will play a big part of how theater operates going forward. And if so, how do you see it tying in with live um, person events? Do you think that it will um, fatigue a lot of shows or do you think that many people will be just as interested to, let's say, see the show live uh, or pre-recorded, and then come to New York or whatever city or town to also yeah. see it as well? Well, let me, you're a big theater fan, right? Uh, yes, okay. yes I am. Well, here's here's the question for you. Suppose mm -hmm. there were a a big show opening in L.A., right? So you, you live in New York normally, I assume. Yes. Right? Okay. So suppose a big show opening in L.A. Mm -hmm. and on the on the opening night, you could watch it for twenty five thirty dollars or whatever, and it was a big, glossy, awesome production on Stellar, of course, which means it's fun to watch. Uh, would you be interested in that? I would. Yes. Now, there you go. I think you're not I alone. I think a lot of people, and then you can imagine that from wherever, right? Like That's true. one of the examples that I, that I think about a lot is um, if you, if you're a fan and we're talking to, a, I know your audience, there are a lot of theater fans in your audience. So we'll kind of talk maybe more about theater, but it applies to everything, music, everything. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot about the kind of work that some of the small theaters around the country and around the world do. Yeah. Right. So if you imagine that you're, just just imagine that you're the most creative, you know, the, the best small theater in the world. Mm -hmm. And you're based in, I don't know, like Portland, Oregon, right? Right. Like, um, well, you could, however great you are, there's kind of a limit to the number of people who can see what you're doing because mm -hmm. it's a small theater and they have to come to Portland. Imagine what would happen if all of a sudden via the 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 tool of an online event and a platform like stellar you could actually reach a worldwide audience all the time you could go from maybe a maybe 20,000 10 20,000 people a year mm -hmm. see your work to literally millions seeing your work that's yeah i mean right because right you know it, it, again going back to my example if you heard that there was some really innovative awesome small theater in portland oregon right mm -hmm. um that was putting on some work that you could see would you be interested in watching 
yeah. ride, the, ride the theater fan. I know you're right. ride the news guy. Right. But we'll no, call I, you ride the I would. And especially if it's a show that is planning to be developed and to go elsewhere. I mean, if it was, you know, if it's an out, even an out of town and it's coming to New York, I mean, for me, I would still go see it in person because, yeah. you know, I love the live experience. So, you know, I got to see it on a recorded or virtual. Yeah. Um, now I get to go to and see it again. I like that. And I, and I, hopefully this will save, I think maybe also a lot of, as you said, smaller theaters too, that are trying to get people back and are maybe struggling. People can now watch, and this is another revenue stream for them, not just with big theaters too, but with the smaller theaters, I think that, you know, uh, they have so many options and so many abilities. I mean, I think it's also that cool aspect of you're watching the show live in person and you never know, there could be another 5,000 people watching virtually that you don't know. Like, I think that's pretty, it's amazing. It is. Yeah, I have, I have a prediction, which is that sometime in the next few years, because of, because of on, the online event, mm -hmm. medium, there will be a small theater somewhere that, that has as many viewers as, as any theater in the world. They may be the most, if you count online and in person, yeah. there's going to be a small theater somewhere that will be the, the most attended theater in the world. That's my prediction. Someone's <laughs> going to figure out a formula yeah. where 50 or a hundred thousand people a night are watching. I, I, I totally agree. I think you're right. Yeah. I really do. What do you think gold stars role and sellers role will be as we welcome back Broadway and welcome back the future of live events. What part will they play in it? Particularly gold star um, with, you know, as we welcome back in person. Yeah. Events. Well, gold star, I think uh, our, our goal is to keep doing what we've been doing for, you know, 18 plus years, mm -hmm. which is give people a great place to find an event and save you money and give you the best buying and service experience that, that there is in the ticketing world. Right. So, you know, we think there's going to be a huge, I, I think all of us agree that once we're clear of some of this craziness, there's going to be a huge rush back in, oh, yeah. into the venues and it may take a little while and it may be sort of gradual, but this time next year, I think it's going to be, it's going to be pretty hard to get, a good seat to a lot of uh, a lot of places. I, I think we all agree with that. Oh, I agree. Gold Star is going to be one of the places that venues are going to want to turn to mm -hmm. to let people know they're back. It's happening. Come on down. You know, get down to the theater. Get down to the the concert hall. Get down to the whatever thing. Performing right. Arts Center. The puppet. Puppet. I don't know what what are puppet shows. Puppet, puppet, puppet theaters. Puppet. Show. Sock puppet show, you know. Puppet parlors, are they parlors? <laughs> yeah. It's like I, pizza parlors, funeral parlors, ice cream parlors. I think we need another parlor parlor type, maybe puppet parlors. Puppet parlors, that's a good so, one. I don't know. But anyway, Gold Star is gonna be gonna be telling people, get back, you know, we're gonna help the venues and the and the shows let people know that they're back and <laughs> they should buy. Stellar is um, committed to developing, helping develop the medium of online <laughs> events. Yeah. Um uh, during and of course after the pandemic, uh, the way I see it, this is one of the um, upsides of this of this whole disaster that we've been living through as an industry, and that is that we've advanced the you know quickly advanced ten years in the adoption of these tools, which means that finally um, the the kinds of tools that all the rest of the entertainment industry has had to reach way way more people are now available to us. Some people are going to figure out sooner than others how to use those and that they should use those. Yes. And everybody else is eventually going to be playing catch up. This is the thing. In five years, everyone will be doing a combination of online and in-person events. Some people will be playing catch up. Mm -hmm. and some people will have changed their place on the totem pole 
for the better because they're going to jump into it a hundred percent, you know, now and figure it out faster. Yeah. And I, and I certainly hope Broadway does that as well. And it's funny, you know, in talking with these digital events and stuff, you, I also look at, um, you know, this summer we saw Hamilton come on Disney plus and yep. there's the Broadway shows that are being recorded for Netflix and Hulu. And, and what amazed me, um, in talking about streaming and shows, you know, cause the, the thing on Broadway was always like, Oh, if you put it on, if you put it on video, no one's going to come see it in the, sh in the theater, you know, they're not going to want to go and spend the, but what's amazed me is, and I guess maybe also cause there is no theater, but I've seen so many people who are like, I can't wait to get to New York and see Hamilton. You yeah. know, I never saw it before. I saw it, um, you know, on, on Disney plus and I'm going to run and get, and it, it was very interesting to see that there is not, fatigue yeah. or, you know, there, there, I know in the industry, there's been this sort of preconceived, like, well, if we put it on video, it's going to, you know, nobody's going to want to come see the show. And I think if you got a good product, you know, um, as you said, you're going to give people that taste. And if it's a very good product, we'll get people excited to come and see it in person. This one bugs me a lot. I'm sitting here like going like, because <laughs> this one, but I don't know where people got this idea from. Yeah. Right. Like what other examples are there of, I got a, taste of something and i liked it and i never wanted anymore right like right. you know like <laughs> yeah famously as you walk around a grocery store and they give you a sample of something and it's delicious you go like that's all i need i never right. want any more of that chocolate i mean exactly. who got who where did this idea come from i don't know i no, mean the example exactly. that i give I, I are you uh are you a sports fan i am not no i do know of sports but i'm okay. not okay all right, so in, but most people, uh, the NBA is one that people kind of know in yeah. America, at least yeah. most people know. So here's my here's my thought experiment, which I I talk about sometimes. We'll do it again here. Okay, in 1985, or, or I should say, in 1985, the NBA, National Basketball Association, was popular for the first time in a while. A lot of people don't know this, but in the 70s, the NBA Finals games were actually broadcast on tape delay. Isn't that weird? Like they weren't even broadcast live because people didn't care. <laughs> so Dr. J came into the NBA, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, and then a, late, a little bit later, uh, Michael Jordan. And all of a sudden the NBA was great and everyone, and all of a sudden they were cool. Right. So the thought experiment is this in 1985, it's still on the big time on the rise, but not, not where it got has gotten to since then. Mm -hmm. And so imagine that you're the commissioner of, of the, of the NBA and your VP of marketing or whatever comes in and says, I have this idea. We now know that people are really enjoying going to our games and the ticket prices are starting to rise and we're getting good. We're, we're getting the games are selling out and people are loving it and such and such. I have an idea. I think we need to make sure that um, people value the ticket to an NBA game. We want to make sure they continue to want to come and to continue to want to pay money. So what we need to do is stop putting the games on TV. Because then people will not, then people will not be, they'll, they'll want to pay money to buy tickets to come see the games. Does this seem like a good idea or not a good idea to you? R ride the basketball guy. What do you think? Good idea, bad idea? Well, I mean, knowing what I know now, I think it's a bad idea. It's a terrible idea. It's yeah. a terrible idea, right? Like 35 years later, of course, you know, the, the scenario plays, plays out. The opposite happened. There's a million ways to see the NBA. And does it make the in-person, are the tickets dirt cheap and nobody wants to go see the game normally, of course, right? No, they're more expensive than ever, right? right. They're more expensive than ever. And that's because 
the when you, as you said, if you've got something good, exposing people to it makes them want more, right? Yes. Um, part of the problem, I think, with not just Broadway but but theater and sort of live entertainment overall, okay. is this false belief that. Um, the only reason people pay is because it's scarce, but that's not true. Like it, you know, there've been, there've been a lot of great examples of people who've done awesome online events with tens of thousands of people or more. Um, one example, the, the, the Geffen did a great show over the last summer called the, the present. Did mm. you see it? I didn't No. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. And there, there's one called the future now that's the same guy, Helder Gumaris do, doing a similar uh, show. Anyway, at the end of a six-month run of doing these small shows, they they uh, small versions of it. They did a very big version of it on Stellar, where mm -hmm. I don't know, it was seven or eight thousand people were, were watching the this illusionist performance live, and so of these thousands of people who watched this last um, show, the, the Geffen uh, said that more than seventy-five percent of those people had never been to the Geffen. So if you think about the power of that, so all of the thousands, of, so the equivalent of like the venue m many times over, right? Mm -hmm. Filled with people who'd never been to the Geffen. Now ask yourself this question. When the shows resume at the Geffen, do you th think those people are more or less likely to go to the Geffen? I think they're more. Yeah. More. Yeah. Right. It's, it's yeah. just obvious, right? So I think, I think people get in, the, in their heads a little bit about this. That It's a little bit of a, a fear-based thing or, or maybe yeah. it's an inferior. I don't know what it is, but I'm just to all the Broadway people out there, theater people out there, and, and everybody else too, but I'm specifically talking to theater people right now. You are more than worth watching twice. You are yes. worth watching on screen. You are worth making a, making a trip to New York or LA or San Francisco or yes. Tokyo or where, London or wherever the show is and seeing the show again. Yes, that's a, that's a big message, right? It is. It's, it's it worth is. watching once. It's worth watching twice. A great show is worth watching. I mean, what's the show you've seen more than any other? Rye? What's the, what's the show you've seen like the maximum number of times? I guess since I've been in since I've been in New York, I would say it's uh, come from away musical for a musical. It's come from away. I've seen it three mm -hmm. times. Three times. Okay. Would you go again? Uh, yes, one hundred percent. In fact, yeah. it's, you know, on my mind that it might that might even be one of the first shows I return to, depending what what, what comes back first. Um, would you yeah. Would you watch a an online version of it if you could right oh, now? One hundred percent. Yeah, I guess I would. And, 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 and like you live in New York, which means yeah. you can just toddle down to the theater. I know it's, right. it's not necessarily cheap, but I mean you can. And you, normally, you can just toddle down to the theater and see it. Suppose yeah. something happened and Rye, the news guy, became Rye the like Australian news guy, and you had to move to the other side of the world. Um, you couldn't just go down to see it. So if the opportunity arose to see it online, mm -hmm. probably even more likely you'd want to see that, I, I assume. I, it 100%. And it also goes with music and concerts too. I mean, I, um, and I hate to say this, everyone's always surprised. I saw my first concert about a year ago, ever. I had never seen a concert before until uh, 2019, 2018, I think it was. And, um, and it was, uh, you know, I waited all my life. I was so excited. But well, what, what was the concert? It, you, you, I, I thought you were going to, it was Rod very believed it. Rod Stewart and Cindy Lauper. <laughs> so my <laughs> both great, but I'm just yeah. well, I'm it just, was supposed, it that was wasn't what I was gonna guess. I know. I was supposed to have been Elton John, but uh they came up, their tickets I had Elton John booked and then their tickets came up and I was like, Oh, let me do it. Um I see. my okay. thing is, is I've seen these performers um YouTube videos of their concerts and clips, you know, all the time. And you know, when I moved to the city and started seeing concerts, you know, it was like 
I'm still going to go, even though I saw them perform this on YouTube, or even though I've seen a clip on, on the internet, like it's still, there's nothing like being in, in person. Yeah. And I think, um, right. you know, it, it's, it's stinks that, you know, well now, now they're not, but it stinks that theater was so far behind with that aspect, you know? Yeah, that that's right. I mean, it's not. I mean, it, the concert business is is has been a little more aggressive on this, but a lot of people are sitting on the sidelines there too. Yeah. Um, you know, my my one of my biggest fears is people just return. The, the the mindset is like, oh, let's forget all that progress we made and just return to normal. Right. You know, that, that'd be a shame because if you if you're in the live entertainment business and you really dial in how to do online events you can take the business model that you have now which is dicey let's all be honest about live entertainment and the theater in specific like it's an all right business model you yeah. really need to succeed before it gets good but yeah. with online events you can change that dynamic you can actually make it especially if you're already producing the event mm -hmm. uh, an online event a hybrid online in-person event can get to profitability much more quickly because there's no limit to your audience and uh, anyway don't throw that away it's a it's a gift that we've been given that makes the business model of live entertainment much more attractive much more viable and it allows you to get people paid and get great art on the stage and you know, just, you know, explore new things like fun things that need to be out there in the world. And and I just think it it's too good of an opportunity to pass up. A part of it's in the minds. People need to have the right mindset about it. Exactly. Well, what is your vision for 2021 and the return of arts and live theater in the year ahead for the entertainment and music industry and the art industry, shall, shall we say? So the, way, the way that I think about it is that in, it's kind of like in 2020, we were going into a tunnel. 2021 is, so we, we sort of like, maybe, I don't know exactly where we are, but 2021 is about driving out of the tunnel, right? We're not out of the tunnel, <laughs> the tunnel yet. 2022, right. I think, is the year where we're out of the tunnel. You know, it's a, the first full. So 2021 is going to be weird. I mean, th this, this, is the, oh, this yeah. is the reality. It's going to be a very weird year. Put aside all the, you know, political craziness or whatever. It's going to be a weird year, even in the um, live entertainment business, uh, and you know all the related businesses specifically it's going to be a weird year because um, you know we're going to have hopefully sooner rather than later we're going to have this sort of strange thing where there's an immunized world and a non-immunized world and they're going to be kind of bumping up against each other right for the next six plus months um, and the existence of the immunized world is going to start making certain things possible again it's going to be a little uneven yeah. One of the things that I've been saying to people in, in the business is you need to start putting a date in the calendar for your shows that for your first shows back, you need, you, you can't wait until it's resolved, you know, because then you got the lag time to get the show out there. So, you know, what, what, what everybody who produces live entertainment should be doing right now is kind of like put, putting their finger in the air and saying, well, okay, we think maybe July is possible or whatever, right? June, July, August, whatever. Right. whatever you, we, right. we know it's sort of plus or minus, you know, probably two or three months around July. Yeah. So it's a good idea to start thinking, okay, if, if we put a, a, a stake in the ground and say, we're going we're gonna to put on a show in July with the understanding that maybe it'll slip a little, you can move a July show back to August or September, but you can't really move a July show up to June or May or June. You know what I mean? Right. And the planning has to start. If people wait until July, let's say, to start planning it, well, then it's December 
October, November, December kind of thing. Yeah, and you've exactly. lost the whole year, right? So people right. have got to start planning. They've got to start putting dates in the calendar. Customers are going to know that those could slip a little bit, but it's not like before. Like at the beginning of this, yeah, I thought it was crazy. People were saying, oh, the April date's been pushed to uh, June or it's been, it's like that date is not going to happen. You know? I, know. I was one of those optimistic that thought it was, you know, every time it got pushed back, I was like, I know we'll be out by September. And then it was like, after they like pushed it to the new, to like, I was like, oh yeah, you know, <laughs> glass half full, what can I say? Yeah, well, there's that, there's that. No, but, you're right, you're right. But th but now, so then people kind of feel, I think a lot of people feel burned by that, but they, but they can't yes. allow that to stop. They got to think forward on this thing and say, yeah. well, if we want to have a show in August, let's say, right. what do we, when do we need to be doing, you know, what you got to kind of work backwards from August or whatever your target date is, you know, and, and, and then doing the things that are necessary to actually do a show then, yes. and, you know, it's going to be bumpy, but um, it's going to, you know, getting the machine cranked back up <laughs> is a fair amount of work. Yes. So you can't yeah. uh, sit on your hands. And, and meanwhile, you should be, be figuring out your, your stance on online events. There's still enough time between now and then that you can still get really good at this online thing, make some money, put some people back to work, yeah. uh, create some great art, have, have a lot of fun. People should not start saying, well, we're just going to sort of sit on the sideline until, until everything's back. It's not a time for sitting on the sideline. Yeah. It's no, a time it for planning. It's a time for, for building the online you know, skill set and putting some shows on. Yes, it is. And producers take note of this because uh, Jim, you, you are very, very right. And I agree. It's easy to, it's, you know, it's easier to say, and we are in a better place. It's easier to say, Oh, I'm due June or July, but we got to push it back a little bit. You know, even though most of these places, I mean, New York is one of the States that is reliant on whenever our governor says we can return, but, you know, a, a pretty much a good date if it's, you know, a late summer or a fall. So start planning now yeah. Uh, because it, it, you know, instead of waiting, because uh, th that's the, that, I would hate to see that. And that's something that, you know, you bring that up. It's such a good point that, um, you know, you just delay things even more. You delay people out of work more and it, it and uh, then you're rushed and then things are sloppy, I think, you know, yeah, we, and we, you know, you can't afford to, you can't afford to burn an extra four or five months just because we no. didn't plan. Right. We like it, plan. It's it's just too it's just too costly given everything to just, oh we messed up and now we got to wait another four months to get through our planning cycle to to get the event going it's it's just right. not acceptable so you know people have got to think in terms of this and it's funny it's funny because actually we're talking about things getting better right now it's terrible right yeah. like that that's that's the the weird thing about this is that it, as it's as bad as it's been or perhaps worse right now but the path out is clear. Whereas in the past, when we've had these cycles of it's a little better, it's a little worse, there was no path out. You know, it was just, right. it was just, cycle, yeah. you know, and, so. And for those, and, and, you know, even today, our, our governor here, um, Governor Cuomo even spoke about the return of the arts in the city and in the state and saying, you know, we need to bring culture back in some sense. And so, you know, it's, it, as you said, you know, this is not a time to sit on your hands and to just yeah. thing. It's, you know, uh, it's nice to see, you know, that it, that it's going to come roaring back. And even our governor has said, you know, in some capacity, we got to get it back. And um, I, you know, it, it's bad right now. It is. And I, but I, as you said, we have the vaccine and we know that there's a, at least a light at the end of the tunnel. It may yes. not be out of it until 2022 fully, but we're getting out of it, of that dark tunnel. Right. So, um, what advice do you have for others who are looking to start a business or a online platform of sorts that includes monetization, sort of like what you've done with gold star and stellar? 
Uh, this you mean for people who are thinking of starting? Uh, yes, a like, a, like a business of any sorts, whether yeah, they're starting to to a company to um, whether it's in the entertainment field or not, but starting yeah. sort of like what you did and founded a company and become CEO and. Yeah, you know, it, it's a. In my opinion, it's a great time to start a business right now. I know that sounds weird, mm -hmm. um, but there, but there's a lot of um, literature and evidence to suggest that companies that are started in crisis times or recessions or other challenging times tend to be better than companies that are started when things are riding high. Um, there's a ton of evidence. Gold Star is an example of a company mm -hmm. who started, started in a crisis. Right. And, uh, the 9-11 and then the recession um, that followed that. And, and, and that's because the lessons that you learn or the DNA that you develop as a company when, you know, it isn't easy sledding is more resilient, right? You, you figure out how to really create value. I mean, there, there've been some things over the years where there've been kind of these mini booms or fads for different kinds of businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, and so all of a sudden you've got hundreds of the same kind of business popping up. So good example of this is when Groupon came along, they, they sort of created this model of the, the, the tipping point and this, this daily deal and all this stuff. Over, over the next, I don't know, 12, 18 months, there were probably 100 clones. Yeah. And there was a period of time when anybody who wanted to do a daily deal business someone would give them funding or whatever. There are literally none of those left except Groupon now, right? There's literally right. Just, a, just a garbage pile of, of companies. And, and they, were, they, were, they were operating, they were sort of starting their businesses into a time when it was just like, wee, you know, like, get the money, wee, you know. Um, and and that, I feel like if that's your, if that's your frame of reference, and, and I went through this too um, in, the, in the late 90s with the dot-com boom, Mm -hmm. where, you know, I just, I mean, I could, I could do a whole episode on the crazy stories of the, of the dot-com boom in 1999. I mean, like the money was ridiculous, but yeah. what was created by it was, uh, of course there were some great businesses, but 99% of the businesses that were created were just, you know, like on a sugar high of money mm -hmm. and were complete garbage that got washed out, you know, in, in 2000 by, by the recession. So it's, you know, the, the opposite of that, this is one of those times where it's like, okay, the people, and I look around and I see people creating businesses that are really thoughtful, like survivor type businesses right now, people who've like really drilled down to how do I do something for people that they can't live without and that's worth money to them and that whatever, I know there's going to be, you know, 10 years from now, there's, there'll be an article or eight years from now or something, there'll be an article about all the businesses that started in 2020 that are now worth X billions of dollars. Oh yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I, because, you know, they were born in this time of, uh, of incredible um, challenge, you know, yeah. and opportunity. So that, mm -hmm. that it's a good time. My advice is it's a good time. If you feel like this is a good time to, uh, to, to go with the concept that you've developed, you're probably right. That's a great advice. That's a great advice. Well, Jim, thank you so much for talking with me today. Um, as we close out, is there anything that um, maybe I left out or anything you'd like to uh, touch on that uh, or plug? I have a question for you. Of course. I, I, I have a, so, so I told someone that I was coming on your show and they said, Rye sounds like he's from Portland. This is why I was thinking about, are you from Portland? I am not. No, I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just had to clear that up. Oh, um, no. <laughs> That's funny. I've never heard that before. Oh, I don't know. Not yeah, from it's... Portland, but um, you know, where can we find you, Jim? Uh, where can they keep up with you and Stellar and Gold Star? 
Yeah, so I, it's worth saying, if you are thinking about uh, getting into the online event world, we're, we're here to help. The platform is there for you to use. Um, if you don't need our help, um, go to workwithstellar.com. Um, but if you want some input guidance, uh, et cetera, on developing your online event concept, we are also here to help. You can also contact us at Work With Stellar. I'm on Twitter at Gold Star Gym, um, or I'm easy to find. I'm, I'm sort of everywhere. We really yeah. do work with um, people who have the potential to put on great events um, to help them develop the concept. And we support uh, support them sometimes if you've invested in a couple of shows, and we're going to continue to do that. So love to hear from people, especially uh, here's, here's who I really want to hear from. I want to hear from people who have an idea about how to innovate in the online event world um, and think that it's got huge potential and want somebody who wants to help them, you know, sell a million tickets. That's who I want to hear from. I'm uh, love to, to get on my calendar with you and talk about that because yes. I, I think this is going to happen and I want to be involved in it. I want to hear about it. So reach out to me if you're that person. Yes, I agree. Reach out to Jim. You can find him. And Jim, please, you're welcome back on the show anytime, you know, uh, in, to connect. I love, you know, it's great to speak with you and talk with you. And He's in uh, finale, obviously. I mean, you know, we've done the, we've, we've resolved the cliffhanger about the van. Yes, we have. We'll have so to do it the season finale. Set up the next cliffhanger. And hopefully we, the, the season finale, which usually falls in like a spring or something when, when these shows do their things. Hopefully by then, maybe we're starting to see in-person events and we'll actually have to, see a show. Yeah, actually have some shows going. Yeah. So totally. <laughs> I like thank, it. Thank you so much, Jim. I appreciate you right. taking the time to chat with me today. And Same thank here. you everyone for watching. Hi, friend. It's Rye Myers, your Broadway and entertainment BFF. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Live with Rye, the podcast. I hope you got value out of it. Hey, do me a big favor. Download this episode and make sure you subscribe to this podcast and also leave me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The more five-star ratings and review that I have, the better this podcast does. So I need your help and support. So make sure you leave that five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcast. And hey, if you want to watch this episode or all my other podcast episodes in video form, you can click the link in the show notes to go to my YouTube channel where you can see all of these episodes in video form. It's really, really cool. So make sure you head over there to watch this in full video form as well. Well, thank you so much for watching and I will see you next Thursday for another episode of Live with Rye the Podcast. Make sure you keep it locked here for all episodes of Live with Rye the Podcast. Thanks so much and have a great night.